Maybe you should go and do some contemplating. Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hi, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is Rose Buddies. Hop back in the saddle with us. It's a three-person saddle. And so only the first person that listens to this episode of Rose Buddies is... Congratulations, if you're listening to this, you're the only listener to this episode of Rose Buddies. You're also in the saddle. You're in the saddle. Welcome to the saddle. It's a new Rose Buddies spinoff series exclusively about Hey Dude, and you're the only listener. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, I would do that. I would do that in a heart. I was joking about the technology that would be required to ensure that only the first person who listened to this episode would be the only person that listened, but I think if we do an all Hey Dude episode, we might be narrow casting just to the one. No. I don't think so. I think it was a phenomenon. Oh. I've talked to many people about Hey Dude. We can scrap. Listen, this is going to be a a weird episode anyway. We could (laughs) fucking slap Hey Dude on there if you wanted to. I'll let you do a Hey Dude segment if you let me do a Salute Your Shorts segment. How's that sound? Okay. That sounds fair. Uh, so this is a bachelor bachelorette podcast. It's a little wild and a little strange. Make your home out on the rain. I could do the whole fucking thing, baby. Are you kidding me? So grab your horse and ride along. Cause you can't hit your ride if you don't get down. No, man. <laughs> Singing. Come on, ride my, oh my horse. Oh my God, Griffin. Oh, Stop Rachel's it. looking at me with fury. So uh, this is a Bachelor Bachelorette podcast. And I know you're thinking, hey, there was one of those a couple days ago. That was a weird one because all the boys talked for a while to dad. Um, but we don't want to talk about that one because it's always so bad. It's um, just, I think Griffin and I have covered these before and it's just a lot of recapping. It's pretty much entirely a recap and it's like an easy, like, episode for them and now with social media like i guess there's always been social media but i just i feel like i know where every contestant stands sure. prior to going into these episodes i guess like any any kind of big things that happen like the biggest thing was there were two whole segments dedicated to lee and uh a lot of the the guys and chris harrison and rachel when she came on later were very openly critical of lee's shitty tweets um, which was good, right? That was very good. And Lee did the usual sort of like snaky shit that dudes and I guess women contestants do on this show when they do something wrong where they like say like, you know, I'm so glad I have friends back at home who accept me for who I am yeah, and help and me grow. I'm sorry if I made you feel that way. A lot of I'm sorry ifs. And then and then the it tried to do this like moment of redemption for him at the end where like I yeah. I. I, I it, I don't know. It was, it was, the whole episode was just very like, um, it was a lot of like dudes like fucking Waboomble, like trying to get one more fucking, like, mm, let me just, mm, can I just, mm, can I just yeah. get right in there real quick? Like trying to like pick fights with Dean, and it's like, get the fuck off. What the fuck are we watching? Why yeah. are we doing this? Um, so not, not a lot to say. Um, not a lot funny about it no except for those bloopers uh the bloopers are pretty good and you know what no you know what fuck this the bloopers weren't good this year oh what about when dean stuck gum behind his ear that was fine it was fine whatever is it there i it, it, it i it just wasn't very long and there weren't that many i'm sorry i didn't love the bloopers this year gang what about when rachel was eating chips and she said these are salty 
like Josiah is right now. After his exit. On his yeah, way yeah, home. That was, that that was, was good, good too. So this is a podcast about a television show series where we talk about one television show Unless that one television show is not on, then we talk about a lot of different television and hey, shows. Hey guys, if you listen to us because we talk about The Bachelor or Bachelorette, you just stop right now. Yeah. That's it for the episode. That's it. Um <laughs> We were talking about what we wanted to what we wanted to do this week, and we realized like we have talked about some shows that we love, like Terrace House. Uh by the way, get up on that um boys x girls in the city feed that is slowly drip feeding out. Thank you, folks at Costco Subs. For your hard, hard work and everything you do, it is, it, you're doing the Lord's work. Yeah, check our Facebook group if you don't know what we're talking about. Um, it feels illicit to like talk about it. Um, so we talk about these shows that we really, really like, but we realized in like talking about this episode of Rose Buddies that there are shows that we spend a vast majority of our television watching time watching that we have never even come close to addressing on this show. And I think this is the episode to do it. Yeah, we're working without a net here, guys, because I don't have notes on these episodes. We are talking about shows that we've watched with our baby that are designed mostly for babies. And before we get into it, I do want to hop in here and say we're going to be talking about a lot of shows. And I don't want anybody to get the impression that we just fucking like plop henry down in a chair in front of the tv and leave him there although it will certainly sound like that by the (laughs) number of shows that we have consumed um i literally just went back through our hulu history and watched like looked at what we've watched in the last uh eight months it's background noise most of the time the reason i wanted to talk about it is because i did i before i had a, a a child and frankly for a while after i had a child i didn't realize that there are strata of what like kids programming is and i think it's an interesting thing to talk about because like before we had Henry, I was like, oh, it's going to be sick. Um, I've never gotten too deep into Steven Universe or Adventure Time. Those are kids' shows. We'll crack into those. And it's like, yeah, those are those are great. And there's a lot of, like, really, really great sort of young, young adult or kids, like, TV. That ain't for babies, though. No. What babies like are two things. Colorful shapes and colorful shapes in motion. And those are and pretty music. much... And, and music. music. And so there's this weird, like ecosystem of kids tv shows that we're gonna we're gonna crack into on this episode a lot of what we're gonna talk about on this episode though like if you go by hulu so hulu conveniently lets you sort um and there's television programming for babies which is basically what griffin described just moving shapes and music uh and then there's ages two to four which is where we spend a lot of our time we spend a lot of our time there because frankly we used to watch a lot of like YouTube, essentially screensavers yeah. that would be like clown music and then like a bunch of red and blue and yellow triangles moving around. And like Henry would dig on those, but after a while it was literally torture. Like it was, well, it was. It felt like we were hypnotizing our baby. A it felt bit. weird. Yeah. It felt like some Manchurian candidate shit was definitely going down. With the in those ages videos. two to four, he'll usually watch a few minutes and then he'll go back to chewing on something. Mm. Um, but we get to benefit with some from exceptions. Plot. With some exceptions. There are some shows that this kid That's will true. just fucking lock onto. Yeah. I just have them here in no particular order. I thought it might be fun if we just like burn through them. If we hit one that like merits further discussion, we go into it. But maybe we give like a quick thumbs up, thumbs down review of these kids television shows. And if you don't have a kid and you're listening to this one, I hope you find something interesting to listen to. Some of these shits like story bots, like I'll fuck with now. Like Henry's taking a nap and Netflix is on pause on story bots. And I'm like, 
well, I mean, let's listen to the next one. Click. Let's go. Some of them are bad, though. And so let's get let's get cracking. I don't know which one to start with. Well, we know that there are some that we have a lot to say about, so I don't know if you want to stagger stagger those. Yeah, let's stagger those a little bit. Okay. Um, I'll start with doozers, because when we got into doozers... Oh, I have strong feelings. Rachel had very powerful feelings, and maybe this is a good framing device for this conversation, because you're a huge Fraggle Rock fan. Yes, sir. And doozers are doozers from Fraggle Rock. Y'all don't need me to explain what doozers are, right? Okay. Yeah, so doozers... um, the Fraggle Rock ecosystem says a lot. A about, lot of scientific discussion about kids. It says shows. a lot about society as a whole. Mm. And so there's the Gorgs. This actually might align with trolls now that I think about it. Oh. But there's the Gorgs who are kind of like the humans in the equation. They think that they exist at the center of the universe. And then there's Fraggles that like to play. Uh, their big thing is playing and cooperating right and then doozers work doozers do they they build constructions only to have the fraggles knock them down and then they're all too excited to build them again uh it's kind of a fucked up sort of sisyphean existence that Mm -hmm. the doozers have but so all of that to say when i saw the doozers animated not puppets and program 3d animation sort of veggie tales stuff i I was i was concerned because the doozers only exist within the ecosystem they don't they don't function independently they and i just i man it was hard it was hard for me it'd be like doing a show about one half of photosynthesis yeah sure it's like well but but you need the whole thing for this i can't believe that was your example is one half of photosynthesis (laughs) it's like doing a show about the simpsons but like the simpsons aren't in it and it's like don't you want to know about the flander i guess that's kind of what the cleveland show the cleveland show yeah yeah, exactly um yeah i don't have any particularly strong feelings about doozers i've never gotten too deep into them but what i wanted to talk about is you're a big fraggle rock fan what were because i honestly wanted to talk about this during this episode and i had a hard time thinking about like when i was young I don't remember like the shit I was into TV wise because, oh, and man. I think, I think a lot of that, come, like I know I was, was deep, deep into um, like the whole, if it was on Nickelodeon, like, yes, I was on it. Like, uh, like Ren and Stimpy and but that wasn't when you were real. Little. That's it. Right. So like, um, those are the shows I remember like Batman, the animated series and Pokemon. I watched probably every fucking episode yeah. of, but when I was a baby, I, I can't remember too much except for like, I watched some Sesame Street. I remember The Simpsons. I remember watching The Simpsons when I just, be, and, and I remember Allegro's Window. Allegro's Window is the oh, one that like yeah. really sticks out to me. But well, I, I get that confused with Eureka's Castle. Maybe that is, I'm thinking of both. I watched both. Okay. Yes. Eureka's <laughs> Castle and Allegro's Window. Um, I think the reason for that is because I had two older brothers. And so like. And Jefferson's Portacullis. <laughs> I think it's because I had two older brothers, and so they were just fucking watching, you know, uh, 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 Ren and Stimpy, and I yeah, was a baby, and no, I was like, course. okay, I, I guess like, this is cool. Honestly, a lot of the reason that you and I are able to relate on a lot of programming is because is because you had older brothers. Yeah, yeah, I, I was a big Fraggle Rock fan. Um, my parents didn't have cable, but my grandparents did, and they used to make us VHS tapes and mail them to us of shows like Fraggle Rock, so I could watch them. It's pretty great. You know who I fucked around with? David the Gnome. Oh, God, that show was so boring. Oh, it sucked so bad, but I was so there for him. Boring. In all things, David the Gnome. I gave that show so many chances. I feel like 
every time it came on, the theme song was kind of fun. Yeah. So I used to like sit down and be like, I'm going to watch it this time. Yeah. Oh, doll. And what's up with the, as long as we're talking about dudes living in trees, what's up, <laughs> gummy bears? Gummy bears, oh, I'm here for you too. That was another good theme song. Best theme song basically ever. Yeah. Dashing and daring, courageous and caring. I, I, that was even a verse. Like I could do the chorus, but anybody could do the chorus. Anybody could, yeah. Um, Anyway, let's get back into talking about the shows that are we watch. Oh, well, okay. Like I tried to make Henry watch Pokemon. It's just, he's just not there yet. Yeah. He's just not ready for it. He's not ready for some of these concepts. Because I watch it and I say, I see here comes the Squirtle Squad, and I'm like, he's going to catch himself on those Squirtles, and then my mind starts racing with like, now he's going to have a Water type Pokemon that's going to help him beat Rock type Pokemon. It's going to help him take down uh, Brock's gym. Um, but Henry's just not there yet. When that's challenging for me, like I'm struggling to get through that, obviously. I'm crying as hard as I possibly can right now. It's not coming through the podcast, but um, I'm crying really hard. <laughs> um, let's talk about Grandpa Joe's Magical Playground. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so the Griffin is very critical of me. Because- yeah, for good, for good fucking reason, because we're talking, now we are talking about a show called Grandpa Joe's Magical <laughs> Playground to our huge audience, and that's there- because of you. Okay, so... I recognize that the TV is basically background, you know, that I can engage Henry in a number of activities and occasionally he'll look up and I'll look up and we'll enjoy a moment together. Uh, and I just saw this as another program with bright colors. And so I just put it on and Griffin walked in and he said, what are you and I doing? I was furious. I was furious. Do you have any information on this? Because I honestly, I don't know that I can describe it. I'm going to see if there's a Wikipedia article, but I honestly think that it doesn't deserve one. It's kind of a scary looking old man. It it, it falls into this, like, I wanted to get into this earlier, but it falls into this, like, um, this genre of just, like, bad veggie tales, sort of. I don't know if you ever got watched any no. veggie tales ever. They were, is a 3D animation, like, I'm familiar with reboot it. style 3D animation, but with a biblical t- flavor. Wasn't for me as a child. Um, it's okay there's just nothing oh here's an imdb page let's read this description (laughs) grandpa joe uses his magical building blocks to create wonderful and surprising animals and toys with the help of joy dylan and his loyal dog pepper um it's it's everyone's made out of toy blocks and that's upsetting and they're grandpa joe himself is kind of grandpa joe is kind of a ghoul because grandpa joe is not made of toy blocks and so the image that is immediately implanted in my mind is that grandpa joe has is the last human on earth i go to that place a lot with these kids shows because there's not a lot of characters and so my mind immediately races to this is post post apocalypse grandpa (laughs) joe is the only man left alive after the singularity um and he's inviting a bunch of people into his workshop like he watched the rest of humanity like melt into like plasmic ooze and form back into the the live stream in the earth and he's the only one left and so he builds himself some kid friends and a dog out of toys who then help him continue his dark work um building uh i saw a dinosaur episode today i watched this today i'm coming off fresh off one of grandpa joe's psychic wounds that had nothing to do with me so you only have yourself to blame in that case i didn't choose it it was fucking on when i walked in the room i would never choose grandpa joe's magical playground oh that's another thing to mention so a lot of these shows on hulu only have like two or three episodes and the episodes are only like 18 minutes long so you'll just kind of leave the tv on and you'll look up and suddenly you're watching a completely different show yeah so like grandpa joe like grandpa joe who has stuck with us somehow 
enough for me to like know about his dark deeds. Um, two thumbs emphatically down. I would not recommend. No. One show that we kind of discovered in this way is Pororo. Not to be confused with Pocoyo, <laughs> because uh, Baby's television shows are awesome. Pocoyo is about, like again, kind of another sort of blocky boy and his fun friends. I think it's British, maybe. I'm probably wrong about the origins of like all of these shows. Um, and it's it's kind of funny. It's kind of cute. It's like a little boy, and like he moves kind of like a toy, and he rolls around. I don't have a lot to say about Pocoyo. Pororo, though. It's an Arctic adventure. It's a penguin, right? A little penguin. He's got like a bear friend, crocodile friend, sea otter yeah. friend, and they go on uh, sort All of wintry. It's very yeah. It's 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 it has an Arctic sort of setting, mm-hmm. and they teach each other moral lessons. Got another good theme song. It's got a pretty decent like it's a lot. The theme song is just a lot of pororos. Um, and I mentioned this show only because Henry is obsessed with it he's into it he's yeah. very into it and i don't um to me it's like i can't think of too many things to say about pororo because i put it on and like um it's kind of like razzle dazzle like the um like the pattern that they use as sort of camouflage because when you're looking directly at it like your mind can't like hone into it and so you just like look somewhere else when is this used uh, like military reasons oh, okay. um and so I can't think of anything because it comes on. And again, maybe this is some Manchurian candidate shit, but I just can't. I can't focus. There's no consistent, you know, most children's shows have kind of a consistent pattern each episode that the kids can kind of depend on and come to expect. Not Pororo. He defies those expectations. Yeah, it's kind of Curious George-like in that each episode is completely different. And with that, perfect segue. Curious George. We've got to talk about CG. Never do know what's around the bend. A big adventure or a brand new friend with so your Dr. curious. John, like curious dude. Dr. Swag. John does the theme song. Everything. And it's incredible. Uh, you ever seen Dr. John in concert? No. I have. Twice. Thanks, Bonnaroo. <laughs> He's playing a band called Dr. John's Dumpsta Funk. That's nice. And they would play at like 13 in the morning at, at Bonnaroo when everyone was extra crunchy. We have watched the entire series, uh, I guess the new series of Curious George, which is nine seasons, I believe. Do you want to talk about the origins of you and Curious George and Henry? Um, I don't remember what the origins were. I mean, it was your 3 a.m. show. I mean, I had lots of, th- I have a whole segment that I want to do about 3 a.m. shows because oh, okay. I have exposed our child to some stuff. Um, but we have we've watched this entire show twice back to back, and it was because it was the first television show that Henry ever like liked. It was the first one that wasn't just shapes and colors, and like um, it was for uh, when we took our first plane ride. Like we brought Curious George episodes on the on the iPad to like help him in case he got like freaked out because it is it was literally the most. Um, Henry was like pretty fussy when he was younger. Um, well, largely because of his food sensitivity. Yeah, he has a, a cow's milk protein allergy, which um, I think before I had a kid, if I had heard that phrase said out loud, I would have thought it was like bullshit. But oh, trust no. us, it sucks so, so bad. No, I would feed him. He was hungry all the time because he's a newborn. I would feed him. And within 15 minutes of eating, he would start crying. Um, and then he wouldn't sleep. Like, he just didn't He sleep. There was sleep. some puking. There was some burping. It was very bad. Um, and we used to just put stuff on TV because sometimes it would distract him. Yeah, he would sleep in 
basically 45 minute increments yeah. and it was it was really it was it was really really very tough on 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 you and this especially was, and me a little bit this was about four months of his life yeah and so for a while we were trying to like grab onto any sort of foothold that we could get where like he would be you know ha- happy and um con- content, content i guess is the word i'm looking yeah. for and curious george was the first television show that like i felt like was like got him there and so I owe a huge debt of gratitude to Curious George. It's a fun show with a fucking great theme song. Every day. It's so good. Can I tell you a little bit about what I know on these characters in Curious yeah, George? Yeah, sure. Because I'm curious about how this, obviously there's a man in the big yellow hat. Yeah, here's the thing. So there's a lot about Curious George that's kind of nebulous. And you don't really think about it much because you're just following George from adventure to adventure. And this is not, this is not the... Because this was on when we were kids, right? Wasn't there an old show? And this is like Maybe. new. Um, I didn't is, research that. This is like, I think this started like er, mid 2000s. So I looked up the characters and it is not just us that is uncertain. Uh, the man in the yellow hat, uh, the entry here says that. Um, God, I got to close this fucking window with Grandpa Joe's magic. I hate being confronted by this specter of death here's what it says in the wikipedia entry it is unclear what his occupation is yeah um but in curious george and the invisible sound he has been asked to survey animals around the country house and in the fully automatic monkey fun hat dr wiseman (laughs) (laughs) that's the fucking best name of any tv show episode ever Dr. Wiseman has asked him to give a speech about the scientific method, which may imply that he has the same occupation he held in the 2006 film. But he's always at the fucking museum, like, doing stuff. He's always at the museum. Here's another thing. So, Professor Wiseman, who is his lady friend that works at the museum. By the way, is that a romantic connection or not? Because they definitely go on at least one date during this series. says, a scientist friend of George and the man in the yellow hat. In different episodes, she is seen to be a rocket scientist. And working at a local museum. I thought she was like a paleontologist or something. Everybody, everybody's got a lot of hats. There's Steve. They, they, the, the, here's what I know about the man in the big yellow hat. Which, by the way, when did the hat stop being big? It, wasn't it a big yellow no, hat? it was never a big hat. I think I might. What am I thinking of? I don't know. Big yellow joint. That might be it. The Arrested <laughs> Development joke. Um, he's got two houses. They got the house in the yeah, city. The they got the apartment house. in the city. And then they go out to the country for a bit and kick it with Steve and like make some boats or whatever the fuck. What I want to talk about about Curious George, I, li- I enjoy the show. Mm-hmm. It is among my favorites of the shows that we have watched with our boy. Um, I don't know that it imparts necessarily great lessons to the youths who watch it because in every episode, Curious George proves this remarkable ability to find the th- things that people who care about him cherish the most and then he destroys those things as quickly as he possibly can theme though in children's programming is that and maybe this is supposed to make children more comfortable about being um so unaware of the appropriate way to act but you'll watch a lot of kids shows and the main character is constantly doing terrible things and then Ideally learning from that. Yes, that is definitely a staple of like, even up to like young adult programming. It's like, oh, we fucked up. Let's find a way to make it right. I get that. Curious George, which by the way, can he talk to kids? Can kids understand him? There's an episode where they played mini golf with some kids and they were like talking to Curious George and it's like, he's a monkey. 
Well, remember the the country kid? What's his name? Steve. Steve. Yeah, Steve seems to be able to communicate. Steve will just converse with him. Okay, anyway, there's an episode where he goes into a construction site where like a 10-story building is being built, and he destroys it. He destroys the building. He destroys the 10-story building at the construction site. Like, he's a, like, that's, that's, that's crazy. That's so, that's so, that's so bad. And then they were like, oh, well, we like it better destroyed. Here's $10 to go buy some ice cream. Literally how the episode ends. <laughs> Literally how the episode ends. Here's $10 to go buy some ice cream. Thank you for destroying our building. We like how it looks better now that it's destroyed. Here's $10. Well, and the man with the yellow hat just seems so tired all the time because he is constantly forgiving George. For every... For everything. This everything. is my very favorite clock. My grandpa gave it to me. Well, I'm going to go to the store. Man in the big yellow hat, that one's on you, dude. That one's on... You had to know how that one was going to end with you coming home and your clock is dismantled into 400 pieces hidden across six rooms. Yeah. You fucking dummy. I'm going to give you my credit card. Go buy us a dozen donuts. Hey, man in the big yellow hat, you remember how you just taught him about the tens and hundreds place? This motherfucker's going to come back with 10,000 donuts. And that's on you because you gave a monkey oh, your credit card. I remember every fucking episode. And then every third episode is like, we're going to space and we need a monkey captain for the mission. And then like Curious George is flying through space or piloting a submarine under the ground or having an extended time traveling dream sequence. And it's like, why do we need soft sci-fi in the show? <laughs> oh, and then the musical interludes. There's musical interludes that pop up. It's it occasionally is, there are episodes where there is a song that is written about George's adventures, and it is not Doctor John, and it's surprising. It's a review every time. It's a it's it, it's a showcase of talent, and I I'm so grateful. Thank you, Curious George. Thank you, CG. You wonderful monkey. Please just stop breaking like all my shit all the time. What else we got on here? Little Einsteins. I don't know what else to say. I get. I, this was a Justin and Sydney tipped us off for yeah. this because Charlie's a fan and Henry definitely enjoyed it. There's a lot of classical music, I, references I, to painters and dancers. Yeah, I enjoy sort of like I don't know anything about classical music, and so it's nice to hear like a Chopin piece, and I'm like, oh, I this really, is this is nice. I really appreciated it. It felt like such a. Um, uh, oh man, who's the kid on Simpsons? Martin. Martin. It was such a fucking Martin. Like team, Dis- <laughs> it literally should be called Team Discovery Channel. And I appreciated it. And I'm not saying there's any. Obviously, God, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with being like a a, a nerd and watching a show called Little Einsteins. But it felt like it felt a little. It felt a especially because it was like targeted for babies, and it was like hearing a a kid say like glissando and it's like stop <laughs> come on you know what got on my nerves so there's a rocket ship that they power to go on adventures and in order to power the rocket ship they all have to pat their legs mm-hmm. and it, it just but sometimes they pat in mezzo forte and it's like you kids it just it, became insufferable it, because it would be like pat 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 sydney's patting pat pat Tommy's patting. Not Pat, the kids' names. Pat, how I don't dare, remember How dare name. you? But I just, I found it, I just, that part used to A lot of shows with away. participation. Like, basically all of them. Which Henry can't do. Which Henry can't do, because he can't move. He is basically he can, a little bean, a beanbag he can, chair. He can move. He can move. He's, he's like just, a beanbag chair that wiggles. He's a wiggly beanbag chair. Um, speaking of music, we can talk about beat bugs. You would have forgotten this is so this is what's crazy. We've been doing we've been doing this. <laughs> <laughs> we've been parents for eight months now. Yes. And the 
the sheer tonnage of children's programming we've watched is uh, as such that we have completely forgotten shows that we have watched literally every episode of this year. The problem is, is that we started really early at at a certain point, Griffin and I convinced ourselves that we couldn't watch stuff that we normally watch with Henry, which is dumb. Like Henry's not paying attention, which was dumb. And so we started watching kids programming because it seemed to interest him from a very young age. Uh, and so we've been doing this for so long now that we've blown through most of the shows that we might actually enjoy with him in a couple of years. Right. Um, I mean, we'll come back to it. I'll, like, I'll rewatch like Beat Bugs. Bugs. Um, yeah. I think he enjoyed Beat Bugs. It's very colorful. It is sort of, it, it is one of the better animated shows. It's very like Pixar styled and, um, I guess like the big hook of it is they secured the rights for music by the Beatles. And so every episode is titled the same thing as a Beatles song. And then you hear like a cover of a Beatles song that like these kids or like some special guessing. And sometimes they get like legit singers to come on and do these covers. Bugs. Let's, let's be clear. There are no kids on the show. Well, the bugs are kids. They're young bugs, which brings up like, a. <laughs> uh, I have so many questions about this already, which is like, can bugs hear music? Cause if so, that's fucked up. Like what if I accidentally goosh one? And they were like, they had a, when I goosh a little ant and they had a favorite song, that's fucked up. I never thought about that. You think about that. And it's like, we should start paying attention when you listen to music, whether the bugs come out. We get wasp nests up in our um, roof a lot that I have to like spray with a murder spray. When I do that, am I killing a little wasp who's like, my favorite song is Linger by the Cranberry. (laughs) I don't like that. I don't like thinking about that. You know, I'm such a fool for you. Dead. Dead. Mm. Gone. Forever. I don't like that. What if they're singing a song in there? We just can't. I don't like it. I don't like it. Um, There's sort of like a Honey, I Shrunk the Kids thing going on where like they're in this big backyard and so there's like a bike will roll through. Actually, maybe half the episodes start out with them almost being killed by like a tire rolling through or a big rock. A big smartphone falls and like crushes one of the kids and they're like, oh no, well, we're bugs. What do you want? Um, What I want to talk about this show is the way that they sometimes back into song titles. This is on Netflix, by the way. It's like a Netflix original. And I think they thought, like, okay, we got the whole Beatles catalog. We don't want to burn all the fucking hits from from word one. Like, all you need is love is title track. And so that one's gone. That one's out of the way. Um, we can't do, you know, eight days a week. And, um, uh, oh, my God, I've just suddenly forgotten every Beatles song ever written. Uh, you know, paperback. You see, the ones I like aren't, like, the big popular ones i can't think god that i just sound like the biggest hipster piece of shit ever <laughs> uh, but we should give an example so i remember an episode where they did for the benefit of mr kite okay yeah that's what i wanted to talk about so come together lucy in the sky with diamonds like these are these are these are big songs right and they don't want to burn through everything that was on like the beatles one collection or whatever and so you get an episode called for the benefit of mr kite and and my mind is working as I see that title pop up on the screen because like, um, come together. You can imagine what an episode about that is like, like everybody falls, somebody falls down a hole and they have to like chain together to help pull them up while singing come together. Cool. It is always plot relevant. Lucy in the sky with diamonds. There's an episode where like one of the bugs is having trouble sleeping because they have nightmares. And so they go see like this magic grasshopper who is Lucy in the sky with diamonds. Okay, cool. For the benefit of Mr. Kite. I did a lot of work on that one. I, I imagine when they're writing these episodes, somebody comes in, just complete silence, 
and in like a dry erase marker writes for the benefit of Mr. Kite and then sits down at a conference table and just says, go. And they all have to figure out how they can work elements of that song into the story. Um, there's an episode called Penny Lane, which uh, I guess they just build an auditorium and call it Penny Lane. That one's not especially... Um, Magical Mystery Tour is like when I'm 64 is an episode, and it's like oh, how do we yeah, get how do we one. how do you you children bugs get to that? It's and the, and then it's a mystery, and then the music's pretty good and it's colorful and nice. I like Beat Bugs. I completely Season. forgot it existed until Griffin reminded me. Heartbreaking. Today. Apparently, there's two seasons. We gotta get back in there. Um. Hey, you know my favorite show. What is it? Uh, I was gonna say home improvement, but it's not true. But I was trying to think of like a way to get into the money zone. Could you do me like a Beatles intro, like a Beatles stinger into the "Can I Steal You Away" ad break? Uh, sure, sure. Um, yesterday. okay sorry about that jeez don't be sorry that was the best fucking thing our sponsor this week is honest tea honest tea excellent uh, Rose Buddies is supported in part by Honest Tea for almost 20 years. Honest Tea, the makers oh, I thought of- you were saying we've been supported by 20 year- for 20 years. It's the longest running podcast in history. Okay, for almost 20 years, Honest Tea, the makers of the nation's top-selling organic bottled teas and organic kids' juice drinks, has committed to being authentic and transparent through its organic and fair trade certified products. I've had Honest Tea before, have you? I have, yeah, it's I'm really big, good. I'm a tea fan. Uh, we are joining Honest Tea in celebrating the ways we're less than perfect through the Refreshingly Honest Project. Oh, shit. What are we airing out this time? Our Refreshingly Honest moment is... You made our kid watch Grandpa Joe's Magical Playground. <laughs> our Refreshingly Honest moment is that sometimes our favorite TV shows to put on at night are the ones that allow us to do something else besides paying attention to the TV. So my example of this... Um, and this is still a good show, but often we will put on American Ninja Warrior. You're pretending um, like we don't pay attention. I I watch that. Sh- <laughs> I, <sighs> I like to uh, look at my Facebook. Okay, fair, fair, and fair. watch American. There's Ninja some Warrior. shows we don't like. During Terrace House, it is lock on. If do not like talk, do not look at your phone. We are in it. American Ninja Warrior. For some reason, Rachel and I have this unspoken pact that we are just going to watch every episode of this entire season, which is <laughs> bananas to me. Yeah. Um, but I'm getting to yeah. the point where I know all of them by name, and that's fucked up. And I know it is. Uh, you can share the fun and funny ways you're less than perfect on social media and use the hashtag refreshingly honest. And for every time the hashtag refreshingly honest is shared, Honesty will donate a dollar to Vision Spring, up to 25000 which helps provide affordable vision care for people in need. Learn more by visiting honesttcom slash podcast. Honesty, refreshingly honest. I got a Jumbotron message. This one is for Amelia, and it's from Louie, who says, Happy anniversary, Amelia, my love. Right now you are on the PCT and kicking its ass. PCT. Uh, Pacific Coast Trail. Is that it? I think so. 
Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but uh, soon we'll finally, finally live together and life will be so, so sweet. Please accept this audio rose from your favorite podcast host. And if Griffin and Rachel ever saw you, I know they uh, would agree. Your freckles are just the dang cutest. Smooch. <laughs> I don't know that I would say that to a, um, a person I don't know. Um, but, I'm, you know, we might think it. I don't know. Yeah. No, I'm a freckle fan. Good luck out there, by the way, on that long, hard road. Uh, you're doing something that I think is actually impossible and nobody's ever done. And it's really just a big, uh, when people say like, oh, I've walked up the country, I just think like, oh, it's a fun joke you're playing on. Me. <laughs> um, but I'm sure you can do it and be the first person ever. Congratulations. Keep pushing. Don't worry about the calluses. Suck the venom out. Let's go. Let's do it. Way to go, Amelia. Uh, this next message is for red double exclamation mark emoji. And it is from Sweet Young Coconut. <laughs> uh, happy birth. See. You got it. It says hap birth to my bud. Yeah, that's good. No, that's like that's cool. A, no, that's a cool way to say it. It's not a typo. It's not a character limit. No thing. way. Okay. Hap birth to my bud, my dude, my best friend, who is hopefully almost or recently 20 as you hear this. We're all almost or recently 20 if you think about it. Well, some of us less recent than others. <laughs> I miss you, but hopefully by the time you hear this, we're hanging out and BIP is happening. You'll watch an actual episode of this franchise yet. But yeah, love you, dude. Here's to road trips and the impossible dream of small to mid-sized animals. Oh, I get it. They're tough. They're tough to get a beat on. Small to mid-sized. I need a large one. I need a large one just so I can keep track of them. Give me a... Well, a horse. Are you talking about our 20-pound cat? talking about our big nightmare cat who hates the concept of sleep he hates the concept of human sleep i look we can do a whole episode about how shitty our cat is he's a sweet prince from heaven i don't want to push our listeners that far that's true this episode (laughs) is already a little much (laughs) creativity comedy and friendship all these things and more are waiting for you at max fun con east at the maybe haunted Pocono Manor, September 1st through 3rd. We only have a few tickets left, and they're on sale right now. So head on over to MaxFunCon.com to buy your tickets. Don't miss out. Can I talk about some... Uh, you mentioned earlier the the 3 a.m. block that I used to occupy with our, with our boy. Um, and this was for about three months, where he would... Uh, he was waking up like a lot and you would just like feed him and then you'd both go back to bed. Well, no, that's oversimplifying. That is, I'm grossly oversimplifying. The it. reason that Griffin would take the 3 a.m. block is that Henry woke up every hour and a half to two hours. And what would happen is he would eat and then I would have to hold him perfectly still oh, until God. he fell asleep again. And sometimes if this continued for a long time i would start to fall asleep while and that's i was a, holding it and that's a bad situation and so that's when griffin would step in so i would step in and abscond into the living room for usually about an hour and a half or or so usually maybe an hour and a half to two hours so you could get some sleep and i could get henry to sleep and then i would just kind of like chill out there um for a while and while I did that, I watched some fucking television. I also got deeply into chess because it was like a game I could play on my phone with one hand. And I think about how like I played chess like hours a day every day. 
and I have not played it in like five months. I got so into it, but I got in that time, in that witching hour, I got so into a lot of things that I don't really fuck around with anymore. So like I watched most of Twin Peaks, which is maybe too challenging a show for baby minds. (laughs) Yes, I would say so. But he was deeply asleep in the times that I was watching it. Um, I watched the OC like in that one. I felt comfortable. Like we would go out there and he would still be awake after I brought him out there. And I'd be like, this is, these are your friends, Ryan and Seth and summer and Marissa and Taylor Townsend and that's Sandy Cohen. And here's why he's important to me. (laughs) And I don't know that those lessons were necessarily getting through. Um, one of the first shows I watched with him just because I had started, I watched the first episode the day before he was born was Yuri on ice, which is an uh, ice skating uh, anime that I was hoping maybe, I don't know, like there's a lot of very good animation and, and colorful anime uh, handsome boys sort of skating around. Thought maybe that would grab his attention, but but no, I think I think maybe it was a little too soon for that as well. Um, I, I treasured those times, although I realized that this is not exactly kids programming, and maybe we should get right back down into the... Yeah, a lot of times Griffin would watch these shows and he would hold Henry until Henry was deep asleep and then he would come back into the bedroom and set Henry down and Henry would immediately wake up (laughs) (laughs) because I would keep him out there for too long. But I, in the meantime I had gotten some Right. And sometimes he would fall asleep and I'd be like, well, I'm gonna watch a couple more episodes of Yuri and just come back in. But it was weird because you and I like do you and I like have very few shows that the other person doesn't watch. It's true. Um, all the shows that we watch really like you watch, um, uh, like Jane, Scandal and Jane the Virgin. I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't really watch those. Sometimes we start a show and I think it's going to be one that we're both going to get down on. And then I go on a trip and I get back and you're like, Hey, I finished Orange is the New Black. And I'm like, well, <laughs> okay, I'm probably not going to watch that. Then. Um, and this was the first time that like, I felt like I had like a ton of shit that I would like, Oh, there's this show Yuri on Ice. It's great. You're, well, you if you wanted watched. to keep waking up at 3 a.m. and watching your shows, <laughs> I'm sure, you, you know, I'm sure you could do that. Oh, I watched so much anime, which was weird because I, I really didn't watch it growing up, except for, I guess, Pokemon counts. Um, but I got a Crunchyroll subscription suspic- uh, specifically to watch Yuri on Ice. And then it's just I watched so much in these blocks. And since he stopped waking up at this time, it was like. I formed this weird sort of like symbiotic thing in my mind where it was like 3 a.m. is where I get on and I watch like anime, which I don't like, I just don't do at any other point in the day. And I so I love that you're nostalgic for this now. I am. I'm a little nostalgic because it was like a weird, I, I did a lot of things from 3 to 4.30 a.m. that I don't do anymore because they were my 3 to 4.30 a.m. things. And I know that sounds weird, but like that comes with the territory of having like a fucking fourth meal added on to your day. I am nostalgic for the times where we watched all of The Office. We watched, oh my God, we watched all of The Office in a month and a half. It was wild how much of that show we watched so quickly. Oh God, it was nice though. It was comforting. That show is fucking comfort food. Yeah. Uh, Let's talk about some kids programming. Uh, Can we talk about the show I've been dying to talk about this entire episode? Let's talk about the show that you've been dying to talk about this entire episode. Because it's um, important. It's an important work. It belongs in the, the you know... The it's lo- international. It's an international sort of hit. There is a UK hit. version and a US version voiced by different... Oh, I don't like that. Actors. No, 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 no. I cannot imagine different voices coming out of these beautiful, perfect four mouths. This show, available on Hulu, is called Rough Rough Tweet and Dave. Uh, it is about 
um, a a trio of animals with a sort of a guide, a sort of spiritual yes. so guide. There's Hattie the hamster that leads them through a series of of puzzles of saw like <laughs> flesh games. Uh, Ruff Ruff, as you might expect, is a dog. Uh, Tweet, as you might expect, is a bird. A little fucking little nerdy birdie. And then there's Dave. Dave's a blue panda. Dave is a panda bear. But he's blue. He's absolutely blue. And this this started my fiction. Um, and I think in a lot of ways was the uh, impetus for this very episode of the podcast. This episode, we got excited about talking about Ruff Ruff, Tweet, and Dave. Mostly because of the number of times it would require us to say the words Ruff Ruff, Tweet, and Dave. <laughs> it's a good fucking name for a TV show. And if you think... If you're assuming that it's going to be some sort of, like, cheeky, um, like, kids love it, but it's great for adults, too, like, it's sort of, like, edgy humor. I feel like the name Ruff Ruff Tweet and Dave has a sort of, like, Invader Zim sensibility to it, where you hear it and you think, like, oh, this is going to be full of, like, little jokes and jabs for mature audience. No, it's a puzzle show for children. Yes, but here's the thing. Here's what I love. Okay, so... Dave. Dave is a blue panda. And I guess it would be difficult to name a panda following the convention of Ruff Ruff and Tweet. Because be like, we don't... Yeah, what do you call a panda? Pandas don't make... We met some pandas a couple of years ago. We did. They were great. So I developed this fiction in which the creator of the show had a brother named Dave. Mm. And Dave was particularly interested in being um, represented on the show. And so I just imagine a lot of conversations where the creator was saying, I'm going to do this kid's show, there's going to be a dog and a bird and a panda. At which point his brother was like, hey, name one of them Dave. <laughs> and the creator thought, well, but it, I mean, it doesn't really make sense because there's going to be rough, rough and tweet. And it's like, name that panda Dave. And then the creator would say, well, I, I don't know why. And make sure that Dave always goes to sleep first because I'm a tired guy and Dave should be tired too. Dave's very tired and he loves bananas. And so the panda bear, if you'll notice at the end of every episode, goes to sleep first. Yeah, so you're getting way, way, way ahead. of <laughs> You got to understand, babe, you are talking as somebody who has consumed <laughs> lots and lots of Rough Rough Tweet and Dave. We are talking to a an uninoculated audience. And so we need to be <laughs> delicate about this because what you just said is the most wild thing out of context that anybody's ever heard. This is a true, this is a, it's a show where like every episode is like, has a, it's educational, right? It's like a lot of these shows, it is sort of education. Hattie themed. will present puzzles. Hattie will present puzzles. And each episode is sort of like themed. So it's like today we're going to learn about opposites, right? The idea of what opposites are. And so, you go, or or like, we'll do directions. Today's all about directions. And so they have to like follow this path. And it's like, oh, here's a here's a log. Let's go under it. And then later on, you come back to the log. And Hattie the Hamster is like, do you remember which way to go for the log? And then each of the animals will present a different answer. And so Ruff Ruff will say like, you go through it. And then Tweet will say like, you go under it. And Dave is like, you eat it. Because he's a fucking dummy. <laughs> And then Hattie the hamster is like, tweets right. The rest of you were incorrect. And you know what that means. 
<laughs> there's a key in your stomach that you have to vomit up to the shackles of bone around. Um, and so at the end, this, this continues on. Like, there's five or six of these little junctions where it's like, who's the three of them say some shit? And it's like, what color's an apple? And Ruff Ruff is like, you know black and tweet tweets like <laughs> green or red or sometimes yellow and dave is like purple because he's fuck so fucking dumb i read a review of the show where somebody was very critical of the fact that dave is always made to be the the fat slow one well there's some episodes though we just watched one and this is what this is the the strength of this sort of design is that we watch this show a lot and odd and I don't know why maybe it is this like participation element. I cannot look away from rough, rough tweet and Dave. I am compl- I am Terrace house honed in on this fucking show. You know? and, and so there are episodes where I watch and I follow the patterns like the opposite day episode where like the other two are fucking up nonstop and Dave's like, nah, I got this. And he gets like three in a row and I'm like, Babe, babe, babe. Can I tell Dave's you on something? a streak. Dave's Can I tell crushing you something? it. When I was reading the details about Ruff Ruff Tweet and Dave, uh, Dave is the only character to ever get a hat trick. Oh, shit. Really? Yeah. Typically, there are three puzzles every episode, and usually it's spread relatively evenly between the three characters. All right. Maybe I'm being too hard on Dave. Dave's, Dave is wrong a lot, but when he's on, when he's fucking hot, <laughs> he's hot. I I really think that somewhere out there there is a real Dave on which this panda is based. I think somewhere out there is a large betting pool of people who wait for new episodes <laughs> of Rough Ruff. I'm not joking. People who watch this and they're like, all right, I think Tweet gets two, Rough Ruff gets one, and of course Ooh. Dave goes to sleep first. We got to talk about the Dave goes to sleep first okay. thing because at the end of every episode, they, they get on the spin again, which is the magic ship. And they, they get fly in their around pods on, and they go in their pods, which let's, sleep. which by the way, let's talk about that because that's wild. Um, and then Harry the Hamster shows you a little pop up, a like little image of all three of them in their pods, and he says, "Who's going to go to sleep first? And Dave inevitably goes to f- sleep first. And Harry the Hamster says, "It's Dave. It's always Dave." Is now where I should have done my Dave impression. <laughs> Probably this would be the time to talk about that. You tried to get to the end part first, which is a wild way of talking about this show. I was just so eager because it makes total sense to me that that somewhere out there there is a guy that is, calls his brother once a week and says, "This next episode, make Dave so that he <laughs> runs real fast." Because I like make, to run real fast. Can you make him jump real high? Give him big <laughs> balls? No, Dave, I can't do that. Um, man, rough, rough tweet and Dave. I can't believe we're talking about it on this fucking podcast. When we first watched it, I didn't think we'd ever talk about it on this podcast. Henry seems to really like it. He seems to enjoy it a lot. And I don't, I don't think I like it. I don't think it's a very good show. But because it is participatory, I feel like this show is meeting me halfway in a way. Where it's like, hey... We don't want to be here either, but do you want to, like, exclaim out loud that you, Griffin, also know what color an apple is? Yeah, Griffin does play along. I do. I get excited when my friends do well. Not Tweet, because I feel like Tweet is, like, batting, like, 60, 60% Tweet is, like, right. And Ruff Ruff gets some in sometimes, but Ruff Ruff is sort of the moral center of the show, and so it's not <laughs> a huge... When Dave comes at you with three in a row, it's like... That's some blue panda shit. You are on, my friend. Good work. Now, I do want to talk about, as far as I know, we've watched hundreds of episodes of Rough Rough Tweet and Dave. 
why are there only four animals left on this whole earth? <laughs> it's sort of like a Sonic the Hedgehog Green Hill Zone sort of vibe to this world. And they do sleep in little, sorry, coffins. Hattie the Hamster doesn't have a coffin. Where does he sleep? Does he sleep on the magic spaceship? Why is he putting them through these challenges? And where is fucking everybody? I think he sleeps everybody? on the spin again. I think he's probably sleeping on the spin again. And that's sad. Uh, the kids have little robot cars that they drive around in that plugs into the spin again. And it's like, that's a little bit confusing. Um, are they sort of animatronic living dolls and the rest of humanity sort of you died know, out? I'll, is this in before. the same universe as Grandpa Joe's Magical Playground where there's only one man left and the three well, animatronic dolls are looking for him? I mean, if we're going to talk children's programming, we should talk Teletubbies, because that is the same kind of post-apocalyptic. Yeah. There are only this many creatures left in the world. Shit. And they're all super weird and have televisions in their How stomachs. does the baby sun sort of fit into... Oh, you know, there's no explaining it. It was a solar flare that, like, burned out... It was an EMP, burned out all the electronics. Mankind Can destroyed itself. You name all the Teletubbies. No. Po- Popo. Tinky Winky. That's two. Is that good? Dipsy. How do you know this? What the fuck? Lala. Why do you know this? What the fuck? When I was early high school, I had a friend who was like, you got to watch this show. It's super weird. Okay. So that's, I mean, and, and also if you sing the theme song in your head, they introduce themselves much like Rough Rough Tweet and Dave. Thank you, Rough Rough Tweet. Oh, Rough Rough Tweet and Dave, we should, I, mean, I don't know if this is fair use. Can I play a little bit of the theme song of Rough Rough Tweet and Dave? I'll actually edit it in so it doesn't sound shitty. Okay. But the theme song has like a section in the middle that is the most sort of wild, lyrical um, gymnastics I've ever heard where it's like for a second in the middle of the song, it's as if the composer and writer of the song were like, let's just stop rhyming for a little bit. And it's a very bold strategy. Are you talking about the um, the hip hop breakdown? No, no, I'm just teasing. There's no hip hop breakdown. Maybe we should wrap. Uh, can we talk about missed like dodged bullets? Because you mentioned Teletubbies, and I thought about like there are some shows that like when I was in like high school and college that I knew kids were watching. I was like, wow, that seems shitty. And now that we have a kid who I'm sure will grow up and watch some really bad television show that will in some large way become our lives, that there are some uh, uh, things that I want to talk about the fucking Wiggles because we watched like two episodes of it. And I was like, I cannot with you all. It's weird, I absolutely right? can't with you all. It's weird. There, well, this is true with a lot of children's performers. There's something kind of robotic and also um they have been captured against their will and it feels forced like, yes. to perform these numbers it's two of them are just sort of our older gentlemen who are just bouncing around and playing a little silly guitar and along with the other members of the band just singing a little song about brushing your teeth and it's never i'm never not gonna be sort of put off by that yeah, we 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 gave it a shot uh, just to see what the fuss was about, and it was awful. Same goes for um, Caillou. We have we heard... did not fuck with Caillou because w- from what I understand, Caillou is heroin. Have, and if you give yeah. a kid a bump of Caillou, like the kid will never get off Caillou, and Caillou is apparently the biggest piece of shit on earth. Yeah, we have heard under no circumstances should we ever watch Caillou, and so we have not. Um, 
Astro Blast is pretty good, though. And sorry, oh. I'm looking at the list. Astro Blast is good. It's about an interstellar smoothie shop. Love that shit. Saren Duck is good. Hungry Henry. We mainly watched that um, because it has Henry in the title, but it's about a very <laughs> curious cat who learns about where food comes from. Uh, what else do I have on here? The Notekins. Rachel likes them. I think it's the worst television show maybe in the history. <laughs> it's literally just a bunch of notes, and they're like, here's a ladder. Let's go up. And then it plays a scale, like boop, 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 as they go up the ladder. And it's like, uh-oh, let's go down. Boop, boop, here's boop, the boop. Thing. And that's fucking it. That's all that the Notekins is. It is poison. Here's it is brain poison, and I am worse, a worse person for watching Notekins. Here's the thing. Henry likes music. Yes. I think that that is a worthwhile interest of his. And so anytime there is a show that incorporates music of any kind, I think to myself, he'll enjoy this and it is beneficial. That's not why you like the show, though. Tell people why you like the show. Because okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know the reason why you like the show. There is usually a scene in every episode where each note can uh, sounds their note. And in order to sound their note or musical instrument, they jump up. And spread their legs. And so <laughs> I convinced myself just kind of a way to entertain myself that every time, every time they did that, they were <laughs> passing gas. And so it was what like a, a diplomatic <laughs> way to phrase that baby. <laughs> it was like a fun thing to think that this little piano sound that was coming out of them was actually the sound of them it. having gas. Just uh, go check it out. It's fun. I mentioned Storybots earlier. It's fucking great. Storybots is just incredible. There's only six episodes of Storybots on Netflix. There's Storybots Asks or Storybots Answers. Ask Storybots. Ask Storybots. And it's pretty good. But Storybots songs are like fucking dope. They're so good. Uh, Sunshine is Yellow is a song. Just Google Storybots Sunshine is Yellow and listen to it. It is God, a 2017 a summer jam. Um, we tried. Um, Big Block Sing Song. It's kind of similar. Yeah, it's similar. Um, There's also other shows we've tried that just Henry's too little, like like Thomas. uh, Thomas, I mentioned Steven Universe. We watched a little that when he a little that when he was really really young, but he just didn't engage with it at all. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Yeah, I think that's it. Oh, Baby First TV. That's more of a brand. Um, The only one of those that like really I can remember is Harry the Bunny because it's just it's kind of Muppet like. Um, but we don't have to go into that. I do love the theme song. My child. Oh, God, that song. Me and baby first TV. In times when I wasn't sleeping well and I was watching that with Henry, that song used to make me emotional. My <laughs> child. Uh, let's wrap up, though. Hey, sorry about this episode. I probably wasn't what you wanted. Uh, probably one that you thought you were going to tune into when you loaded this up in your car or whatever for the road trip. You're going to love this podcast you told your friends. They say really catty stuff about The Bachelor and Bachelorette. And then we talked about Rough Rough Tweet and Dave for about 25 months. Um, <laughs> but we just, man, this so such was the extent to which we did not want to talk about the men tell all. Um, finale is next week, though. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to that. Three hours. Are you fucking kidding? It's always three hours, Griffin. It always hurts, though, to remember. I know. Um, yes, thank you for listening. Thank you to Maximum Fun for having us on the network. You can go to MaximumFun.org uh, and check out all the great shows. Shows like um, One Bad Mother and Lady to Lady and... Pop Rocket. Pop Rocket and Stop Podcasting Yourself and Jordan Jesse Go and Judge John Hodgman. Uh, all kinds of great shows all at MaximumFun.org. We have other shows that we do and video stuff that you can find at McElroyShows.com. Um anything else thank you to the listeners that have specifically said they could listen to us talk about anything here is us doing that (laughs) yeah what now eat your fucking words 
Uh, yeah, I think that's it. Finale next week, and then who knows after that? Well, well, we'll we kind of know. We'll, we'll keep you posted. We'll keep you posted. We got some. We got some fun ideas. Um, till next time. Oh, uh, we have a PO box also. It's PO box six 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 three nine Austin Texas seven eight seven six six. Till next time. Uh, thank you for listening. I'm Griffin McElroy. I'm Rachel McElroy. When you're ready, my child. Sing it, baby. Me and baby first TV. My child. Me and baby first TV. That was almost harmony. Yeah. <laughs> I love you. Don't My child. Me and baby first TV. My child. Me and baby first TV. My child. Me and baby first TV. <laughs> MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. What the f*** is an interview? I mean, I do not know. That was Oscar winning filmmaker Errol Morris. I'm Jesse Thorne, host of NPR's Bullseye. Allow me to introduce The Turnaround, a new podcast series produced by MaximumFun.org and presented with the Columbia Journalism Review. Join me as I sit down with some of our greatest living interviewers to ask them about interviewing and why and how they do what they do we'll go deep with some of the biggest names in media people like larry king katie couric audie cornish will be among friends on the turnaround two episodes a week all summer subscribe now and tell somebody